When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's impossible not to admire what the Brisbane Lions are doing at the moment. In September, they were here for the AFL Grand Final. In November, they're here for the AFLW Grand Final. Uh, it'll be December. Won't it? It'll be December yeah, come first, Sunday. Second, third, whatever it is. Greg Swan is the Chief Executive of the Lions. He's in Melbourne. I'm wrapped to have him in the <laughs> studio. Swanee, welcome. Thanks, Jared. Shouldn't be the McClellan Trophy winners, should oh, you, making no. two Grand Finals? Don't bring that up. Jeez. We <laughs> We're flat as a biscuit about it, to be honest. Like, so, yeah, we're, we're in two grand finals and the group that won it didn't get didn't get to a prelim. So, uh, But, it, look, it's it's factored in on the home and away and we lost by, I think it was four points. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a sore point for us. Because it's not just honorary, is it? It's a million dollars. No, it's a million dollars. A hundred percent. It was, uh, you, you got 500 for the club and the players shared 500 and... Yeah, that's better than a round of drinks. So, um, yeah, we've had a really good year, but we haven't got the million dollars to show for it. But anyway, that's hopefully we can get a premiership and that'll um, alleviate some of the pain. If you were asked to reform that, would you suggest that the final series be included? Well, it's it's interesting because it used, it's always been McCullough Trophy was in, at the end of the home and away, but it was a, it was a nothing thing, really. I don't think you got any money or you might have got a hundred grand or whatever. It wasn't much. And um, so then they came out and revamped it and put a million dollars on it and included AFLW. And then each AFLW win was worth eight points and each men's win was worth four. So I think logically, and I know this is going to sound because it suits us, but because the season's short, you probably should include finals with the, with the girls because, you know, they only play 10 games. So it's, um, you know, if you, if you did do that, obviously we would have won. But even going forward, I think that might be a fairer model because the waiting towards the women um, – is, is understandable, but they don't play enough games for it to sort of even out over a season, I don't think. But anyway, we'll see what happens. How proud are you to have teams make both grand finals? Oh, look, it's been it's been huge for us this year, and and especially AFLW. I mean, I, you know, we lost the equivalent. You know, we lost Emily Bates, Greta Bodie, and Jesse Wardlaw, and, and in a men's parlance, that was probably the equivalent of Lockie Neal, Joe Danaher, and Charlie Cameron. You know, they were all all Australians. One's a Brownlow medalist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, yeah, you know, we were written off again. But you know we've Stas and uh, Bree Brock who runs the program. You know we we we're pretty much ninety percent local. We we went local again to replace those. So from that point of view, um, yeah, really proud of you know to to make it again. Um, and from the men's point of view, we were good, but just not quite good enough. You know we um, the pies were better on the day and, and got us. But um, it's one of those ones where you run into people and say. You get a little bit sick of it. Oh, it was a great game, you know. You say, yeah, it was, it was, but it wasn't that good yes, <laughs> because yeah. we didn't win. But, but it was a good game, and we, you know, we we gave a good account of ourselves, and we just fell at the at the last little bit. So on the W side of things, it's not just this year you got pillaged. You, you seem yeah. to get pillaged every year, which is a nod to the program you've set up, the quality of players, but the capacity to be able to absorb and overcome that. So what is that and how much of it is Craig Stasevich who is getting the kudos, I think, now that he deserves? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a lot due to him because not only does he um, 
coach really well. He's he's the person that scours the quaffle and the local comps and finds these players. You know, we we talked about it even a couple of weeks ago. Like in our first season when we played in that first grand final and we had Sabrina and Taylor Harris as our key forwards and they both left. And then he finds Dakota Davidson and Jesse Wardlaw and now both of those become all Australians. And, you know, they were just sort of scrubbing around in the local comp and gets them in. I mean, I will say everybody that comes to the programs gets gets better. There's no doubt about that. So we've had, you know, we don't get too many from other clubs. We we try and grow our own. But even those that have come, a few, you know, um, you know, Phoebe Monahan, a few others that have come from other clubs, um, you know, they've certainly got better. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great, you know, five grand finals. Look, we've only won one, so we need to win another one. Yep, um, yep. North fans won't agree, but we'd be good for us to do that. But even to do that, you know. Um, since the inception of the comp, us or Adelaide have been in every grand final. So it's pretty, you know, it's it's longevity. Yep. Um, and, you know, obviously Adelaide missed by a point to be coming up again. But, you know, they've won three of their four flags and we've won one of our four. So we, we need to just hopefully balance that ledger up a little bit. Is there something in the way that the club regards its women's program which um – which is inherent in the in the level of success. Yeah, we we it's actually it's a good point because when we started, we actually decided that if we're going to be in it, we have got to be in it properly. And we did. I mean, not we didn't just talk about a one club approach. We actually did it. Like we, you know, the and you know we've got that new facility now where everybody's um, you know the women's change rooms and everything's. It, it's all exactly the same. Exactly the same as the men. We use the same recovery stuff. We interchange a lot between. You know, our doctors and physios and coaches, you know, Stas and Fags swap notes. And, you know, we've, we've, and we've done that since the start. We, we just thought, well, don't put a team in, put them at the end of the building and go and watch them on a weekend. You know, bring them in, get them involved, use all the other, all the resources we've got as a club, both men's and women's. And, and I think that's been um, one of the reasons that, yeah, we've been um, able to sustain what we've, what we've produced. And does it help with the following that you've got in Brisbane? Have you do you feel like you've been able to grow that through the women's team being so successful? It certainly helped early days. When I first got there, we were we were terrible in the men's, and the women's was the shining light. And um, it, it did help us. It helped us stay relevant in in that market. And it's also made uh, the numbers of girls that are playing footy in Queensland, you know, really really strong. And so that's been good for us, you know, through our academy. You know, we get three or four. Every every year we've got three or four young girls out of our academy that come in and play, you know, Bell Doors and all those sort of players that have just come through since kids. And, um, you know, and they started because, you know, it was Emma Zilke and Taylor Harris and all those in the early days. They were the heroes. And, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's good. It's been good for the code, but also good for the club. And then the boys started to, you know, come good. And, you know, both of us have been pretty strong for the last few years. How have you rationalised the men's side of things in the aftermath? There's the team, and I guess they'll do a review maybe about now. What about the the club as you unpack the experience? Yeah, look, it's a it's it's still a great experience, even though you lose. Um, you know, to go down, uh, we had a massive day at the MCG the day before with training. You know, there's probably ten thousand Fitzroy slash Brisbane supporters there, which you know was sort of um, unexpected, but. You know, all that was great. The parade was great. You know, the whole the whole build up's fantastic. So you know, you'd, you'd you'd rather be there even though you lose than not be there, which we hadn't been for a while. You know, we'd been in those prelims and qualifying finals and not made it. So, 
you know, Fag's made the point. We 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 did review it a couple of days later, and it was really um, probably a cathartic thing where everybody sort of fessed up where they made a mistake and it could have been, you know, could have been different and all sorts of things. Um, but we felt that was important to deal with that, send them on their break, freshen up and come back. But the good part is the young fellas have come back uh, Monday, um, you know, all running really well and, you know, a few of the old guys came down as well. And so there's a good feel about the place. You know, we'll get Will Ashcroft back, Tom Duday's traveling really well. So, um, you know, Jack Payne, you know, those guys didn't play. So, you know, we've got high hopes for Kai Lohman and a few of the other younger fellas as well, and they've all come back in good shape. So, so we think we've got, um, you know, another opportunity. It's, we're all, le- we're all level now and everyone thinks the same, but you know, our, our list is pretty good. And if we can stay healthy, we think we will be competitive again. I was curious. So you're uniquely placed having led clubs in the heartland and having led clubs on the frontier. So the chat that the increased challenge of winning a premiership as a non-Victorian team with the the MCG, which you don't get to play on certainly as much as your opponent if it's a Victorian-based team, the travel and what grand final week looks like, even things like I know that the families had to pay their own way to be here, which and if the club had stepped in, it has to be salary cap money. Mm. So th- that's just inherently wrong. That's so I was curious, having lived the experience as a non-Victorian team, is there, is there feedback you would provide? Are there things that could be done to make it a more equal experience? We we are putting a paper together around that, the family situation, because, you know, partners, families, um, getting them down, like it's, it's hard to get them down. It's costly. Um, we did get some charter assistance from Virgin, which was really good in the end, um, to get the families and, you know, friends and whatever down, um, but you're right. Like all up, that was about 120,000 it cost us to get that done, and then we had to get some money back off the, off them because, as you say, it then becomes a soft cap slash salary cap issue. So, yeah, that's probably unfair. I mean, you, you make a good point. I think it's 14 of the last 16 premiers have been Victorians, so it's pretty hard to win when you're interstate. And 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 it's interesting because I suppose you, you're probably going to ask me about the academies and things like that. But the whole comp's unfair. You know, the draw's unfair where you play, the travel. And so, you know, I do, I'm a bit bemused about, you know, the carry on about the academies. I mean, even, and it was pretty freakish for the Suns, but I mean, if you go back and I'm not defending them per se, but, you know, if you look at the big players that they've had over the journey, they've been in this for 12 and 13 years with that academy. And probably if you count Charlie Dixon um, and Jack Bowes and maybe Connor Budrick as ones that have come through and, Two of them don't play anymore for this club. And then, you know, to say, oh, you know, this is a disgrace. Look what's happened. I mean, they got four in one year. It's it's a bit freakish. But if you look at the history of their academy, it hasn't been – it's not rivers of gold. I mean, father-son's an anomaly. I mean, the, the scuttlebutt around town is that Geelong have got 25 father-sons coming in the next five or six years. Right. 25, you know. And the poor old Saints, they haven't had a father-son for forever. So – Everything's unfair, so you just have to. It's all it's all relative. I mean, so we and and when you are interstate, you you just accept that. I mean, I think when we played Collingwood, when we ran on the MCG, that was our third game there, and Collingwood that was their seventeenth. But that's how it is, you know. The games in Melbourne, the finals are at um, the MCG, and ten teams are in Melbourne. So, you know, so the academy uh, is good for the clubs, not only to. Um, hopefully keep Queensland talent and get them not playing rugby union or rugby league, 
But the other, there's another benefit for it too, is that, you know, we've probably all got between 80 and 100 kids that come through there from under 14s through, and, and obviously not not many make it, but they go back into the quaffle. You know, my son plays for Morningside in there, and just the standard over the last five or six years, because you've got these kids that have got good coaching and they've been in the academy, and then they go back and play at Morningside or Broadbeach or wherever they go. Um, and that comps become better. So, you know, so, so there's a benefit there and then they, they're filtering down and coaching the kids. Like when I got there, they'd have an odds kick clinic and there'd be a bloke whose son's there and he's from rugby league and he, he, he wouldn't have a clue how to help the kids get better. Whereas now you've got more parents and uh, guys and girls that have been through the academy that can help in the system. So there's that benefit as well. Um, so there's a lot of questions in behind that. It's, do you think there is going to be change to the points system? So, and this is, it's not just the Northern Academies here. It is father, son, and then the NGAs is a slightly different case. So do yeah. you anticipate there will be change after this um, draft? Depends if the AFL hold firm. I mean, the Vicks are all whinging and carrying on, so they'll put pressure on. Um, and look, the, probably the obvious one is to uh, take away the discount. You know, the 20% certainly helps. Um but you know, you know, we we all invest between you know. I, I, again, I'm not speaking for Sydney and West Sydney and the others, but you know, we spend between one and a half and two million dollars a year on it, and and it's also for the development of the code. So you sort of got to get a bit of a lick of the ice cream to get some players through that, to spend that sort of money. And um, yeah, look, they they might have a look at tweaking it, but I mean, I think yeah, th- this year because it's an anomaly because of the four to one and and. They're all really good players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that that you know some of them are beauties, um, but it's pretty rare that that happens. I mean, I suppose logic says that if we keep growing the code and there's more and more kids play and now academies get better and better, that it might happen again or it might happen every second year, and then then that's probably going to create problems. But I I think this is a little bit of an anomaly, and people are jumping, uh, you know, carrying on a bit much just because of one draft. I mean, we didn't get any out of our academy yep. this year. Uh, Sydney had one, and I don't think GWS had. Oh, they might have had one late as well. But yeah, it wasn't a smorgasbord. I mean, it's just that Gold Coast had had a sort of freakish year. And weirdly enough, I think three of the four of them were from the same junior club, so they would have been pretty strong in the old yeah. as they're coming through the juniors. So would it be your contention? Don't change it. I'd let it run for a bit and just see. Look, if it happens again or it keeps happening, then then you could jump jump at it. But I think this is a one-off. I mean. You know, again, I look at our history the last three years. We've um, well, it depends if you class Jasper Fletcher as a father son or an academy player. But again, if you call him father son, we didn't have any last year, and then, you know we've had a few the years before. But um, Kadeen Coleman's our last one, but you know, and and he was a pick in the '30s, so um, he wasn't an early pick in those days. He's a really good player, but but he wasn't an early pick, so nobody cared too much. You know, it was just that all these kids were probably well, they are. They all got bid in the first round. So they're all very good players. So that's what's created the angst. But I think you'd leave it. Greg Swan is the Lions Chief Executive in the studio ahead of the AFLW Grand Final on Sunday. Melbourne's weather, rain becoming windy, a top of 19 for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Greg Swan is the Chief Executive of the Brisbane Lions. He's in town and he is in the studio. He's been the Chief Executive at Melbourne-based Powerhouses. He's now leading the Lions. They've had grand finalists in both men's and women's this year. Um, Is opening round a clever idea, Swanee? It absolutely is. Yeah, it is good. I mean, I think uh, what it does is 
rugby leagues heading off to Vegas and, um, you know, then there's a bit of a hiatus when they all return. So there's a, there's a gap there for us to, you know, play. And, you know, the games that are scheduled are absolute belters. And, and it's still – it doesn't detract – well, I mean, Melbourne people might think it does. But, I mean, you still turn up the next week. So the first game in Melbourne is still Richmond and Carlton on a Thursday night. It just means that people in Melbourne have got – to watch, you know, we play Carlton, and obviously that's a you know our prelim replay, the Collingwood West uh, GWS replay, Dimmer playing against Richmond, you know, that's all box office stuff, and then obviously Sydney and Melbourne, who were both finalists as well, so they're all ripping games, and, and I think everybody in Melbourne will watch them, and then their normal service will be um, resumed. So I think it's a great idea. We miss, I thought we missed the trick last year because there was magic round and things like that, and you know everybody was in Brisbane and we didn't have games in Sydney. And But I think the AFL's done really well here. And um, our game's nearly sold out. You know, like we haven't even sort of almost gone to gone to market and it's just about gone. So, yeah, it, it's going to be huge. And, you know, looking forward to, to that starting. It's, um, you know, we were just talking off air. Like, it means that the season starts the 7th of March. It'd be great if it started mid-February, you know. Like, everybody's looking for their footy fix already. And, um but, yeah, so so I think from all those points of view, it'll be pretty good. Mm. Is Damien Hardwick's arrival at the Suns good for all of Queensland footy? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, they've, they're already getting a lot more coverage. I mean, it, it's just because of his, you know, the gravitas, anything he says gets picked up. And it gets picked up even in Melbourne now. And um, But, you know, he, he's, he's, he's an experienced head. And, yeah, he's, it's going to be great for us. I mean, now... I think this year, and and it got a bit feisty last year, but our clashes now will become proper ones, a bit like GWS and Sydney, who you know despise each other, and you know the derbies in WA and South Australia. Ours has always been a little bit, you know, a bit meek and mild, but I, I don't think it will be now. <laughs> I think it'll be on, and um, yeah, like he, he'll, I reckon he'll crank it up, and yeah, as I said, after last year with you know the Took Miller and Zorks and all those things, and we've had a you know, and they beat us and, um, you know, and you'd think they're going to get better and it'll be, um, that, they'll be good. They'll be two games we're looking forward to. The, I read the other day the recommitment, if you like, of the Queensland government to levelling the Gabba and rebuilding it, which yeah. is a hell of an exercise and it'll be uh, quite remarkable when it's all done. Um, so that's definitely happening? It is. Uh, it, it happens at the end of the 25 season so we've got two more years at the Gabba and then it gets bowled over and we're in discussions at the moment with the government about where we play in the interim so it's going to be a a four-year hiatus so you know that that's a long time to be out of mainstream you know because no matter where we go the the ground will probably only hold low 20s you know and we're probably going to get a membership now of 60,000 plus you know so we we've got some challenges in that space because you know the code's flying you know we had seven sellouts last year um our memberships already this year you know we haven't been to market long and we're up about 25% so you know the whole thing's flying along but that's going to be a challenge for us but then the upside is you turn up into a brand new 55,000 seat stadium and our aim, obviously, then will be to fill that. Like at the moment, the gap is probably about thirty-five, but we fill it pretty regu- well, regularly and pretty easily. So they have a fifty-five thousand seat stadium, but it's going to create a bit of pain on the way through. But hopefully, um, the governments now that they've made the commitment to the Gabba, we're hoping that we can get a commitment from them about where we're going to play. Yep. Um, how good will the Gabba be on on what you're seeing? Yeah, really good. I mean, it's. Um, I was fortunate. I went. Fags and I went overseas just got back late last week and um, 
you know, I had the fortune to go and look at Tottenham and some of the, you know, the stadium they built there is just incredible. And, and we're spending every bit as much money as they are. And the people responsible for it have been around. And yeah, I think it, I mean, it, it, as it should be, the last stadium that's built should be the best one in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe Bar Sofi, which I think they spent 7 billion. So no one's catching that, but you know, they've, they've budgeted 2.7 billion. So it's, you know, the, the Optus Oval, I think was only 1.6 or something. So it's going to be really special. Um, and yeah, we just got to um, survive those four years when we're not in there and then back we come. But yeah, I know we, we'll have a good alternative to play, but um, yeah, our next two years at the Gabbers probably we'll make hay there and then see where it goes. Will you use your full allotment of home games, do you think, at whichever venue you're given or will you look to no, well that, that Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll, we've spoken about that. There's some offers for us to play, you know, maybe one or two games um, – Elsewhere, you know, whether, you know, if we kept that Easter Thursday, for example, you know, we might take it somewhere, we might take it to Perth or play it at the G or whatever. I don't know, but there's some options for us there. But we'll have a look at um, how that all pans out. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we, there's a lot, there is a lot happening in that space, but yeah, we haven't, we haven't bedded anything down yet. And on a personal front, life membership of the AFL has been bestowed upon you, so that gets presented at the season launch. Did that cause a moment of reflection? It did. Actually, it was a, I was, I'm not overly emotional with stuff, but I was pretty chuffed, to be honest. I, I, I didn't sort of think it was coming, and, yeah, so that was a great honour. But, yeah, I've been, I started in 99. It's a long time ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, yeah, no, it was good. And probably... You know, the peers, the guys that I started, well, the guys who I looked up to when I started, you know, Peter Jackson and Nizzy and Andrew Island and, um, you know, Cookie and all those guys, you know, they're all life members. So they were always winding me up about, you know, what's happened to you. But anyway, <laughs> now I've joined them and um, we were sort of known in the end as the old war horses and we're all life members, which is good. So, yeah, no, really, please. I think it... Um, I've, I've been asked, what's it mean? I think you get two tickets to every game that's on. So that that's... That's a good thing. So when I've retired, I can well, at least I get a couple of tickets to the grand final and any other game that I want to go to. So that's that's a good thing. But no, it is it's a great honour and and um, yeah, looking forward to um, receiving that early in the year, early next yeah. year. So yeah. it feels like the, the job you are asked to do. I, I, my observation would be you've done that, and then clearly there are the challenges of venue and the new Gabba. Do you, have you had a think about what the span of the job is, where you are in it? And I don't know where where succession plays a role. Yeah, um, yeah, not not really. I've sort of um, yeah. There's a lot of challenges. I mean, I've got I've got two years to go on a, on a contract, so I probably don't look much further than that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm 61 now, so it, the, you don't go forever. Having said that, I'm looking at Cookie and I look at News. You know, they're still going. They're late 60s and stuff. But I mean, I'm still loving it. I, I don't, I don't want to do anything else at the moment. I, I love it, and um, we've got a great footy club. We've got really good people there. You know, our board's really stable. Um, yeah, everything's as good as can be. You know, we've played in two grand finals, so we're going pretty well. We've made a record profit, which will come out in the next little bit as well. So, so all the markers are good. Um, other than, you know, we've got to win, win them rather than get there. You've got to win them. But uh, other than that, we've, 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 we're going well. So no, I'm still enjoying it. And yeah, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, this maybe, you know, you hang around to, you know, they will be not troubled times, but they will be difficult 
yeah. some of those times. So yeah, that that might help you st- help my longevity to steer through that. But yeah, you you know what it's like in footy. You never you never know. We might end up falling in a hole the next couple of years and you get the Tijuana, you know, so um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. The passion and the intellect is still clearly there, Swanee, when we talk. Um, well done on all that you've done and good luck for Sunday with the, the women in the grand final. Yeah, really looking forward to that. It's, um, it'll be, um, yeah, sold out crowd, uh, north in their first one. Yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere and I think I saw the weather looks like it's going to be better than today, so you're looking forward to that. It'll be a great game, and, and hopefully we can get the chocolates. It is a bit of a rude welcome back to Melbourne on a day like today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not great. <laughs> Greg Swan, the Chief Executive of the Brisbane Lions, with us in the studio this Wednesday. Let's check in with Nathan in the newsroom.